0: at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson.
1: If you are wise, you are always going to agree with God. Let me say it another way. The things that are important to God must be important to you. And your thoughts should reflect that Your words should reflect that, and your actions, your behavior must also demonstrate that same thing. Well, we're going to be looking at one chapter, chapter 62 in the book of Isaiah. In many ways, we could say that this chapter is a kingdom chapter. Almost everything that we're going to deal with has kingdom implications. And therefore, we, if we're wise and we're committed to what we should be committed to as the people of God, we are going to want to know what is said there. And not just know it, but also to apply it, to implement it in our life as something which is foundational. So let's begin. Isaiah chapter 62, beginning with verse 1. Now, that first word in the Hebrew text, and it repeats itself twice in this first verse, is a word Lamaan. Lema'an means on account of, for this reason or for the sake of. It usually speaks about something that has significance. And because of that significance, because of that importance, one is going to act. One is going to do something, say something, behave in a certain way. So verse 1, for the sake of Zion. Zion is Zion, which is a kingdom word, meaning nearly every time this word Zion appears in the Bible, we should think of it as relating to the kingdom of God. Now, many people have said, but isn't simply Zion, Jerusalem, another name for it? No, it refers to Jerusalem, but not the Jerusalem of today but Jerusalem in its redemptive state so it's a kingdom Jerusalem a Jerusalem that is going to be in the state of the kingdom of God so very different from what we see today very different from what Jerusalem is going to be we're told in the book of Revelation that that Jerusalem is going to be in the last days Because of the corruption, it is going to be thought of as, as Sodom and Egypt. So far removed, but because of that final outcome of redemption, we're going to see Jerusalem transformed into Zion, into Zion. So God's going to bring this about. And that's why it says, for the sake of Zion, I will not be silent. Now, this word that I translated silent, I will not be silent, can also be not just simply a word that relates to quietness, but a word that relates to non-activity. So there's a negative. God is saying, I'm not going to be silent and I'm not going to be still or inactive, meaning God's going to move, God's going to act, he's going to do something. And one of the foundational things of this in this chapter is this, that we ought to participate with him. We need to understand what God's doing, what is this kingdom work, and we need to be about it, doing it, participating with him. So for your sake is the implication. On account of Zion, I will not be silent. And on account of Jerusalem, and here Jerusalem is parallel to Zion. on account of Jerusalem, I will not be quiet. And this word means just that, to, to be silent, to be quiet, to not speak. And we know something. There is power in the word of God. When God speaks, it brings about an outcome. There is a result from God's speech. And this is what he's saying here i'm going to bring about jerusalem to be in her redemptive state her kingdom state which is zion and god's going to speak it into being and what are some other consequences to this he says unto her righteousness goes forth as and the hebrew word is noga which is a bright light now this bright light is parallel here to the righteousness of god being manifested, and we're going to see that that there's an inherent relationship between righteousness and salvation. Why do I say that? Well, keep reading. He just told us, unto should go forth her righteousness as a bright light, and then it says, and her salvation, and what's parallel to this Noga, this bright light, it says here, as a torch that will be burning. So, as a torch burns and manifests light, so will the righteousness and the salvation of the kingdom of God. And again, why is it so important that we understand the parallelism in this poetic prophecy? Because parallelism teaches us things. And that is that there is an inherent relationship between salvation and righteousness. So when someone is saved, you can see that salvation through righteous behavior. And that's why if someone's never concerned about the righteousness of God, never concerned about the commandments of God, because the commandments of God and righteousness are inherently related so one who is saved is going to be committed to righteousness they're going to be interested in obeying the word of god look now to to verse two in this kingdom condition finally israel is going to be that 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 witness that testimony that god always intended israel to be to the nations it says nations they will see your righteousness and all kings your glory now notice we see here in verse 2 a connection between righteousness and glory so one is saved through that salvation experience he is going to or she's going to be committed to doing righteousness and that righteous behavior is going to manifest the glory of god this is what we can glean from the parallelism of this poetic passage from isaiah and it just doesn't say all kings your glory but also and call unto you shem chadash a new name now this salvation is going to produce a new character among the people so salvation brings a change to one's character what type of change based upon what we've seen a righteous change so all of this is being taught once more and you called by a new name which the mouth of the lord he should we might translate this designate that he should call that he should establish now when we look at this word It is a word that usually relates to punching something and making it a hole or piercing might be a better way so when something is pierced through it's it's permanent and what god is saying here is that he's going to give to israel a new name and that new name is going to have an eternal quality to it it is going to represent his people for eternity so it says a new name which the lord the mouth of the lord will will designate it and then he says look now to verse 3 and you shall be a crown of of splendor so israel's going to be transformed this kingdom people you are going to be a a crown of of your glory in the hand of the lord now it's two ways that we should understand this god when we talk about in the hand we can think of hand as workmanship the reason why the people of god are going to be this crown of splendor is because the work of god brings it about his work in our life that 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 spurs us to do good deeds to behave righteously but also there's another way to understand this not just the outcome is by the work of god but the hand of the lord can also speak about his authority and when we recognize and we submit and we demonstrate god's authority in our life it's going to be that type of submissiveness to his authority that produces us to be a crown of of splendor and then it goes on to say a a turban of a royal turban we could call it a royal diadem in the palm of of your god now all of this is speaking about god bringing it about it's it's part of the the redemptive change not only will the city be different the kingdom established but also the residents of that kingdom are going to be different as well verse verse four And it shall not be said any longer to you that you are forsaken or abandoned and your land will not be said anymore to be desolate for to you it will be called and we have a term which means that that he delights in her meaning in this people this kingdom people this kingdom creation he's going to delight my delight is in her and your land it says is going to be to be married meaning this this word for for marriage here and it's literally the word for for one exercising lordship over and that exercising lordship notice the outcome it brings a transformation that's what a husband in this same word in the noun form can also mean just that a husband the term bow so god is saying i'm going to exercise my lordship over you and that is going to produce a wonderful change in you that you are going to be called the the delight my delight is in her in this this kingdom and the people of the kingdom for the Lord will delight in you and your land shall be, be married. Meaning your land is going to have a master, a Lord. It's not going to be forsaken. It's not going to be unattached. It's going to have the outcome of a covenantal relationship, meaning God's going to care for it. God is going to demonstrate his delight over this land. And this is the kingdom change that that is brought about it's brought about because of God's activity look now to to verse 5 for a young man he will marry and it simply means he will exercise his lordship over a virgin and here again exercising lordship is not to exploit it's not to abuse but rather it's to bring about a wonderful change in this woman a glorious change a kingdom change see God exercising his lordship over us is good it means that he's going to care for us he's going to provide for us he's going to minister us he is going to demonstrate his faithfulness because of this covenant relationship so as a young man exercises lordship over a virgin It says your sons they will marry you and as a groom rejoices over a bride there's the key as a groom rejoices over the bride your God will rejoice over you why because that bride is going to be transformed into the desires of the husband and you say well what does that mean God only has wonderful desires. God wants a marvelous change, we've already said. He wants a righteous change, a glorious change. And all of this is the outcome of a true salvation experience. The price for salvation was paid a long time ago, nearly 2,000 years. But we're still waiting for the glorious, the righteous outcome of that, that act of salvation. This is why this passage is so happy, because it is the fulfillment of what god always wanted to bring about and that's why he says as a groom rejoices over the bride your god rejoices over you and concerning your walls or jerusalem i will establish and these are watchers now this could mean those who would pray and they pray all day and all night continuously and they will not uh, rest they will not be silent they will not be still and they're going to bring this remembrance there are going to be those who remind remind the lord and it says do not rest for 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 you meaning do not rest don't allow there to be this continuousness of what it is right now don't be at rest but but be responsive to these ones who are, are prayed, these ones who are watching, these ones who are looking out for your, your kingdom work. You bring about this trans- transformation for them. So this is what he's, he's saying. Likewise, verse, verse 7, and do not let rest be to him now it's speaking to those who are are making prayers and it says don't let there be rest to him meaning god but continually make that partition he says unto he shall establish literally he will establish until he places jerusalem as the praise of the world so when there's that kingdom establishment jerusalem that that location of the kingdom is going to become the praise of the world meaning all the world is going to praise the kingdom of god all the world is going to understand the glory that god placed in jerusalem verse 8 the lord has swore in his right hand and in his powerful arm now here again it's speaking about god being strong and when it uses this term for arm It's the term Zoroa. It speaks about a a sacrificial part of that arm, the best part of the sacrifice. And it says here that this word is related to the word for offspring or son. So who's going to bring this about? Well, he tells us, look again at verse 8. The Lord has sworn in his right hand, with his right hand and with his strong arm, this word Zoroa, as we've talked about relates to messiah if i will will allow your grain any longer to be the food of your enemies and the implication is he's not going to any longer allow this or if the sons of foreigners that they will drink your new wine which you have labored for and the implication is god's not going to allow that as it's been going on this exploitation of israel israel being used by the enemy it's going to be brought to an end and that end is going to give birth to a kingdom eternity this is what god's promising to do and those who labor are going to bear witness and they're going to enjoy the benefits of that they're going to to labor for something and be recipients of that for how do i know that they're going to receive it verse 9 for the gatherers of it they're going to eat and they will praise the lord and the ones who is a different word for gathering it they will drink in the holy my holy courtyards so notice these holy courtyards are where we're going to be experiencing the outcome of our faithfulness. This is what he's promising us. God is going to keep covenant. He's going to establish his kingdom. And in that co- kingdom, he is not going to forget any of your good deeds, all those labors. And you're going to reap the benefits. You're going to enjoy the outcome, the fruit of your faithfulness in the kingdom of God. Verse 10. He says, pass through, pass through into the gates and prepare the way of the people. Lift up, lift up. This means also to prepare a highway. Remove the stone, meaning all those stones that ought to be there. And lift up a banner. And this is a, a miraculous banner. It is a pole that's set up unto the people's to announce victory now this word it's the word "nes," and the word "nes." if you were to ask a hebrew speaker what is that they would probably first and foremost tell you that it's a miracle and there's certainly a miraculous aspect to this chapter but this word also relates to messiah and one being lifted up a banner being lifted up pronouncing victory Well, this one who is well lifted up he's the one who's going to bring about victory and notice it's going to be a testimony to people verse verse 11 behold the lord will cause to hear or literally has called to hear unto the end of the world for they say to the house of zion behold your savior comes Now, this is a very important phrase. I want to read it in Hebrew where it says, Hine Yesh'ech Ba. Now, the Hebrew word for salvation is Yeshua. Now, the name of Messiah is Yeshua. There's a difference between Yeshua, the name, and Yeshua, which is salvation. What's interesting here is that this is the term for salvation, but where it's normally feminine here, It's masculine and therefore I would suggest to you that it's really relating to the Messiah where it says, behold, your savior comes. Behold, his reward is with him and his labor goes before him. So it's speaking about what he's going to bring about, what he's going to do is before him and that is that final work of establishing the kingdom of God. And then our last verse, verse 12, and they shall call to them, meaning to Israel, the people of God. They shall call to them, and they're to say a holy people. That's what they are. And how did they get holy? Well, notice the next word, Geulei Hashem. They are the redeemed of the Lord. So they become those who are, are holy to the Lord those who are are pleasing to god those who are a people that have been set apart all of this comes about because of experiencing redemption so there's many benefits for redemption redemption leads to holiness which is connected to the purposes of god which are connected to this new state of being for the people of god and to you it shall be called which means to be sought out that God desired this change for his people so you shall be called sought out in a city which is not abandoned or forsaken God is going to be true to this this promise that he makes and understand the the very close relationship between the work of salvation the gospel, between redemption and the establishment of the kingdom, all of these things go hand in hand. And we saw how it's about righteousness. It's about God doing that, which manifests his glory in and through his people. And that's what God wants to do. When we are committed to the purposes of God, we are going to be the recipients of God's redemptive work in our life, and not just what He did 2,000 years ago, but God bringing about what that power of the cross, that power of the resurrection, ultimately is going to bring about, and that is a kingdom change, which allows the one who has been saved to demonstrate righteousness and holiness forever and ever. We may struggle in this world, but with our new body and our new location in the kingdom of God, we are going to demonstrate that victory that we have through Messiah Yeshua. And that victory produces righteousness, righteous behavior that manifests the glory of God. And because of that, there's going to be the praise of the Lord going on in a bold way. Well, I'll conclude with that until next week.